Block KC, how are we doing tonight? Guys, I just have to reiterate this. The Chiefs are in the AFC Championship. Let's go. Come on. Like Scott said, my name is Nick Swearingen. I'm the director and the co-founder of the Block KC. And guys, I am thrilled that we are back for this year. I am excited. The Chiefs are doing well, so that makes me even more excited. I promise I will not talk about the Chiefs all night. If you are not a sports fan, you are like, thank you. But guys, I wanted to start off this night with something really, really special. So I'm going to tell you guys a story that I have really never told anyone before. You guys are the first ears on this ever. And this is a story, like, I'm sure you guys have some of these stories. It's like that story that when you think of it, it's like, man, that's when I almost died. Right? So this is my, probably my biggest near-death experience. And maybe you guys are like, I don't have any of those stories. Like, that's good, honestly. Um, but yeah, this is what I wanted to share with you guys to start off. So I was on a company retreat in Thailand, right? And I you know what you guys are thinking, like, okay, weird flex, man. Uh, I worked overseas for a long time. I did quality control assurance, working with, like, foreign factories and stuff like that. So it's not that weird. Um, but I was on this company retreat in Thailand, and we had this, this free day that we could do whatever we want. And I had this buddy, Jesse, that I worked with. And see, Jesse grew up in northwest Arkansas. And as I started, like, talking with Jesse about Thailand, he's like, dude, there are so many cool cliffs you can climb. And Jesse, he was like all into rock climbing. He could do the cliffs, like he could do bouldering, he could do rappelling. These are all terms that I learned from him. Uh, and he's telling me about this. He's like, Nick, I want you to climb this really hard cliff with me. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So these are some pictures of it, right? It's beautiful, honestly. It's amazing. And he's like hyping me up for it. And see, Jesse and I, we had done some other stuff together. We had run together, and it was a lot of fun. We both played instruments, and so we jammed together sometimes. And I was like, I like Jesse. He's a fun guy. Surely he won't lead me astray. Surely. I'd already told you this is a near-death experience. So I'm sure you can see where this is going. But we wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning. 6 a.m. in the morning. And we eat a healthy McDonald's breakfast. Because even in Thailand, I'm loving it. And we get on a boat, this wooden boat, from this like 5'4". Thai man who doesn't speak a single word of English, and we're just pointing like cliffs, 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 and he's just like, okay. So we get in the boat, and we're sailing across, and this is like 15 minutes before we're going to be at the foot of the cliff, and Jesse is just now walking me through all the equipment. So this is where this is going, and uh, we start, he starts pulling everything out of these big bags, and he's like, hey, this is your harness, right? These are your ropes. These are your carabiners. This is your headlamp and, and everything, and he's like, actually, I only have one headlamp, so sorry. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And he's asking me as we're getting closer and closer, Nick, are you sure that you can do this? And I'm like, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm in pretty good shape, right? Like I'm sure it's going to be okay. It's probably not that hard to climb up a big rock. And that was my first mistake was discounting the fact that Jesse had put like so many hours of practice into this, hours where you're actually suspended by like safety cables in a gym versus me just kind of dangling out over some rocks. But... We get closer and closer, and we land the boat, and our friend, don't know his name, lovely man, we get off, McDonald's is sitting well, and we start hiking our way up through the jungle. And as we get closer and closer, I start to get more and more excited, because I'm like, man, I'm just here to have a good time, right? Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. I, 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 I have no clue what to expect. I've never rock climbed before, except outside of a gym, so I don't know what I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And Jesse's, like, really serious. He's like, all right, come on. He's like, by the way, this is a 10 out of 14. I was like, is that good? Like, 
the scale goes from 5 to 14. What kind of a scale is that? <laughs> 5 to 14. I was like, what is a 10? He's like, 10 is actually really hard. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So we get up to the base of this cliff, and we start climbing up, and he's teaching me everything as we're going, and it works, right? And at the top, there's this cave. Here's a picture of the cave, right? It's just pitch black. So we go in, again, only one headlamp. We make do. We have our phones, right? It's the future. Welcome to 2018. And as we're navigating our way through these caves, there comes a time where there's this huge drop-off after you go through the cave, and there's about a 50-foot drop that you have to rappel down. Now, if you guys don't know anything about rappelling, it's very different than rock climbing, namely that you're going down and gravity is still working much harder against you than going up, and you're not holding on to anything. But Jesse's like, hey, you're fine as long as you hold your rope like this. So you hold one rope, it goes through your harness, and then you hold it out to the side, and the friction is what keeps you from falling. And he's like, whatever you do, keep your hand over here. Keep your hand out. Keep your hand out. And again, this was my second mistake, thinking that I could take a rock climbing class in 15 minutes. And I'm leaning out over the edge, and he's like, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, man, let's do it. And I'm leaning out, and I take one step back, and my hand comes up. Obviously, I didn't die because I'm standing here. Guys, I fell 20 feet. I, God had to have saved my life because my hand, like, snapped back out somehow. I don't think I have the wherewithal to do that myself, especially after just learning. And I'm 30 feet away from falling to my death. Like, literally from, like, here to the end of the stage, that's how much ground is left. And I would have died. That would have been the end. And I'm shaking. Like, ugh. And I get to the ground, and Jesse comes down really easy. Right? Yeah, did you like that shake, guys? And he's like, how are you feeling? And I was like, uh, let's go home now. And guys, why do I share this story? Because like Scott said, tonight we're going to be talking about how to invest your 20s. And see, the mistake that I made going into this was, one, my expectation was just to have a good time. And I discounted all the effort and the hard work and all the energy and the money that Jesse had put into learning to be a good rock climber and a good repeller. And the reality is, is that the consequences were almost so much greater than what I was expecting as I was going into it. Right? Like, I was just trying to have a good time. Jesse was trying to conquer a 10 out of a 14. And I was just like, I don't even know what that means. I just want to eat some McDonald's and enjoy the beautiful scenery. And Jesse's like, this is going to be one of my crowning achievements as a rock climber. And I'm like, wow, we had wildly different expectations. Because the reality is that all of us in our 20s, we are all investing in something. Right? And the fact is that all of us are making decisions every single day that's going to impact us, not just now, but for the rest of our lives. See, there's a, a research poll that says that 85% of your major life decisions will be made in your 20s. 85% of all of your major life decisions will be made in your 20s and your early 30s. 85%. And I don't say that to freak anyone out. If someone's like, oh no, I'm 29, what did I do? You got plenty of time, I'm sure. One year, I guess. Thank you, guys. But, guys, the reality is that we need to learn what to invest our life in. And so the block is all about helping young adults build their life on what counts. That's what we exist for. That's what we're here to do is to help you all set yourselves up for success so you can make a life that is firm and, and stable and something that's going to move you forward into success and not free-falling over a 50-foot cliff. Because I, if, if we're all honest, I'm sure we can experience that that is what life is sometimes like. Right? And so maybe you're, you're here and you're like, I'm just looking over the cliff. Maybe you're here and you're like, catch me, please. But wherever you're at, we're glad that you're here. 
and we're here to help you make your investments matter. So what we're going to talk about today is three points. We're going to be talking about the fact that everyone is investing in something, that you are investing in something. The second point is that your investment matters. Your investment matters. And the third point is asking ourselves the question, is Jesus your best investment? Is Jesus your best investment? So, guys, we're going to be taking a look um, from a book of the Bible today called Galatians. It's actually a letter, and I want to preface this with saying, if you have not grown up reading the Bible, and this is new to you, you're in the right place. Uh, we do not expect anyone to have any kind of knowledge about the Bible. If you do, that's awesome. But I just want to let you guys know, put your minds at ease. We're going to walk through this together. It's, it, all, everything's going to be up on the screen. So if you don't have a Bible or you don't know how to look it up, that's totally okay. But we want to be here to help you succeed in this. So we're all going to take a look at it together. Um, so just want to put your guys' minds at ease with that. But I'm going to tell you a, bit, a little bit about the book of Galatians. And so Galatians is a book of the Bible, and it's actually a letter, like I said. And there's this guy who's a follower of Jesus, and his name was Paul. And Paul was writing to a group of Jesus followers that he had kind of gathered together, that he had told them about Jesus, and they were learning to invest their life in Christ. And as they had learned from Paul how to do this, they had been doing well for some time, but then they had kind of like just pulled a 180 and decided to start investing in things that weren't going to bring them life and things that were ultimately going to lead to them free-falling. And so Paul is writing them this letter saying, hey, this is a warning to you that you need to reconsider what you're putting your time in and what you're putting your investments in and what you're putting your life into because I see the direction you're going and it's not going to be good. So that's, that's what's happening right now in this passage. I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we're going to take a look at it. Uh, God, I'm just so grateful for you. Um, God, I, I pray that tonight would be a night that we could hear from your word. Uh, God, would you continue to help each of us know how to invest in you? Um, God, I, I know that you are just the, the best thing in my life. God, I'm so grateful for the way that you've transformed me. God, and I, I pray that this would be a time that we would reflect. God, help us to be honest with ourselves. God, if there's things that are uncomfortable to think about or talk about with someone, God, give us the bravery to be able to think and talk about those things. And God, I'm just so grateful for you again, and I pray that you would bless this entire night. And God, just thank you for everyone who comes tonight. Um, it's just a, it's a real privilege to have everyone here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says this, Do not be deceived, God will not be made a fool. For a person will reap what he sows. Because the person who sows to his own flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. So we must not grow weary in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not give up. And this brings us to the first point. You are investing. You are investing. And the Bible says that there's two options. Right? The first option is that you are investing in flesh. And the second option is that you're investing in spirit. And those are really weird terms if you don't know what they mean. So what flesh means, when the Bible talks about that, it's basically talking about things that are focused on me. Right? It's like anything that I want, anything that is going to make me feel better, anything that's going to kind of build myself up and pump myself up. And that's one option is that we can invest in self. The other option is spirit. And the spirit that it's referring to is God. And saying, or you can invest in God, God's spirit. Uh, it says that all throughout the Bible. And so these are our options. Is really self or spirit, self or God. And honestly, you may be thinking like, well, I'm sure there's some other things. Hey, this is just what the Bible says. It's pretty upfront, and it says you can either invest in yourself or you can either invest in God. So let's take a couple look at a, a couple things. Let's take a couple look. Let's take a look at a couple things that all young adults are often investing their life in. Uh, one of the first ones is success. 
right? And we're going to take a look and see how these things are all self-focused. So success, it's like, man, uh, we all have jobs, or we're going to school to get a job, or we're looking for a job, or some kind of combination of that. And as you're going about your job, what's the main point, right? The main point is to get money so that you can live. And that's not a bad thing. I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to ever say that's a bad thing. It's a really good thing. You should live. Please do that. Um, but the reality is that if we continue to focus on getting more and more money, which is what our society tells us to do, it's why do we get more and more money? Why do we want to get the promotion at work? It's so that I can get more and I can buy what I want and everything is ultimately focused on me, right? Like that's one of the main reasons of why people pursue success. Uh, the other thing that a lot of people are investing in is comfort, right? It's like, man, I, I had a really hard day at work, so I just kind of want to veg out and watch Netflix for like eight hours after my shift. And then I'm going to not sleep at all because I was watching this Netflix show. And it's like, but I just, I want to feel good, right? Or maybe we pursue comfort through, like, just spending a ton of things on ourselves. And it's like, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to make myself feel good. Or, like, oh, this day is about me and me alone. And it's like, on the surface, it doesn't seem that bad, right? It's like, yeah, like, everyone needs a break every once in a while. But what's the focus of all of that? It's self, right? It's like, everything is about me. Another one is acceptance, uh, acceptance is one of the things that a lot of us are pursuing as young adults. It's like, man, I'm in this relationship with this girl because I just want someone to like me. Or, hey, I'm dating this guy, just, and I don't even really like him, but it's just because I want the attention, right? And it's like, on the surface, it's like, man, that doesn't sound bad. It's something fun to do. But it's like, reality is, like, it's all focused on me. And so even our relationships with other people turn into a me-focused thing. Or our friends. It's like a lot of times we find ourselves hanging out with people or doing things. It's like, man, maybe I don't even really like this. Maybe I'm going to this Chiefs watch party and I don't even like the Chiefs. But I'm like trying to get myself excited because I want to be accepted and I want people to like me. And ultimately all of our social interactions just become about us. And it becomes about me. And another thing that people are investing in is just morality, right? Some people are like trying to be a good person. And it's like, that's not a bad thing. You're like, is Nick really going to say not be a good person? Like, that sounds bad. I don't think you can say that. But at the end of the day, if we're trying to just be a good person, just to quench our conscience, and honestly, just to have more acceptance, it's like, man, this is what society says is being a good person, so I'm going to try to do that. It's like all of this is just focused on self. That actually, su success, comfort, acceptance, morality, spelled scam. I did not plan that. I was just looking at my notes. I was like, scam. Wow. Huh. Don't clap at that. <laughs> um. But guys, like, like I said, these are all things that are focused on self. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm sure we're asking the question, what's wrong about investing in myself? Well, let me ask you this. What do we call someone who gets everything they want? Spoiled, right? People who have everything they want. Maybe it's like the girl who still has daddy's credit card and she swipes it whenever she wants it. That's you. I'm not really meaning to put you on blast, but like I kind of am. <laughs> so like, you know, and she gets everything she wants. But we see that she's not happy. Right, like, but we still want everything she has. And it's like, oh, she has the nice car, or she has the cute boyfriend, or she has the nice clothes, or she has, like, the fun self-care days. And it's like, oh, but I want that. But, like, I wouldn't be spoiled if I got that. I would be happy with it. Like, if I had what she had, I would be happy, but even though she's not. Or it's the guy who has everything. Like, Tom Brady is a great example of this. He is phenomenally successful, has everything he wants, and he continually in interviews will say, I'm not happy. There has to be something more. Sorry, that was a football reference. Tom Brady is a very successful quarterback. If you don't know who he is, come talk to me afterwards. But go Chiefs.
Guys, the reality, the Bible says it this way. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to a big crowd that's following him. It says, then he said to them all, again, Jesus talking, if anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whatever loses his life because of me will save it. Think about that. What Jesus is saying is that if you are trying to save your own life, you are going to lose it. But if you, if you lose your life for Jesus' sake, he says, then you'll find it. It doesn't make any sense, right? It's kind of confusing. But I, I want to phrase it in this way. If you get everything you want, you'll likely want nothing you get. If you get everything you want, you'll likely want nothing you get. The Bible says it somewhere else. What does it profit a man to gain the entire world and lose his soul? It's like if you get everything you want in the world focused on self, you're, gonna not, you're not going to want any of it at the end of the day. Because focusing on ourselves doesn't satisfy. This is going to bring us to our next point, is that your investment matters. Right? So I learned this lesson very practically when I learned that Jesse's all of his, you know, roping experience was actually very, roping, he's not herding cattle. All of his climbing experience was very, very impactful for him. And see, his investment mattered. My lack of investment really mattered. I almost died. I'm saying that with a smile on my face, but it still kind of scares me. You know, that's like the reality. It's like what we are investing in matters. And it doesn't just matter like, you know, for today. It matters because we are investing and we don't have like unlimited time on this earth. Right, like we only have one set of 20s to invest our life. You only are 22 once. You're only 24 once. You're only 26 once. No matter how hard you act to look young. Like you are only one age one time. It doesn't matter. So back to Galatians 6, it says, do not be deceived. God will not be made a fool. See, what this is saying is that God lets us experience the consequences of our choices. Right, God is not like here to say, oh, hey, like I want you to do this and I'm going to make you do this. He's like, hey, I respect you and so I'm going to give you your choice. I'm going to allow you to choose what you want to do. And if you want to continue to focus on yourself, I'm going to let you experience the consequences of those actions. But if you choose to invest in me, then you're going to get to see the blessing of those actions. And you're going to see how great it is. But a lot of times we try to like trick ourselves, right? It says like, you know, like, oh, I'm just sure that won't affect me. Right, like I'm sure I can live the way everyone else is living and it won't really matter. But what does the Bible say? It says, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. God is going to let each one of us make our own choices and he's going to let us experience the consequences of those. Uh, the corruption though, it says, um, the, for the person who sows to his own flesh or his own self will reap corruption from the flesh. That word corruption actually means eternal misery, which is a harsh word. And I, I want to say that very soberly. But, that, but that, that is, it means eternal misery. It's saying if you are going to sow and invest in yourself, you are going to have misery as a result. But then it says on the flip side, if you invest in God, you're going to be experiencing eternal life. And we're going to talk more on that later. But that's the reality of it, is that John 10.10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus has come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. So he's saying the thief, and that's the enemy, there's an enemy that wants to destroy you, he wants to steal joy from you, he wants to steal life from you, and it says his goal is to steal and kill and destroy by getting you to focus on yourself. But the reality is, is that there is a, uh, that Jesus has come that we could have abundant life. And it's not even just like kind of life, it's like overflowing life. It's like a life that is just contagious and it's overflowing, and that's what that means. See, 
this is not always what we see in the short term, though. Like, we don't see this in the short term. It's like, man, if I choose to veg out on Netflix, I don't always get, the, like, the, I don't feel miserable afterwards. In fact, I probably feel pretty good, right? Eh, maybe, sometimes. Or it's like, if I'm in this relationship and it's already self-serving, it's like, man, that can feel pretty good for quite some time. But I want us to take a look out, like, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, because the reality is that who we are today decides who we're going to be tomorrow. Who you are today decides who you will be tomorrow. We all know this in principle, but again, we kind of think that we're the exception, right? Like, oh, I can, I, I'll live this way for a while and then I'll change, right? Like, I'll, I'll do whatever I want and then I'll change. But what happens if you continue to feed the desire for success again and again and again, and all you want is more and more money? You're just going to become focused on getting more and more money. And the, we call those people greedy, right? We call those people focused only on themselves. And so I don't want you guys to end up 50 years old and all you care about is the numbers in your bank account. And that's where you find your identity. You know, let's say we focus on comfort, right? Like, like I said, comfort's not, none of these things are necessarily a bad thing. But comfort is one of those things that causes us to kind of feel a little bit less empathy than we need to and feel a little bit less compassion than we need to. It's like, man, there's a lot of troubles going on in the world, but if I can just kind of retreat a little bit, retreat a little bit, and then my problems are kind of around me, and I can just kind of retreat a little bit and retreat a little bit, if we continue to do this, all of a sudden we can't feel what's going on in the people around us, the people we care about, the people we love, and eventually we get so far away we can't even feel our own feelings. And we just numb the pain that's inside or the hard things that we feel. What happens when you're 40 years old and you're married and you have kids and your, your wife or your husband or your kids are going through something awful and you're just like, man, that, that sounds awful, but can I just watch Netflix? And remember, guys, I know that we're thinking like, man, that's not going to be me. But if that's what you're investing in now, that's going to decide who you are going to be tomorrow. And if you never change, that's all you're going to know. Acceptance, right? Society changes so much. Right? Like what's cool is not cool 20 years from now. What's cool is like isn't even cool like last year, right? Like it changes so quickly. But if we continue to gauge our identity on what everyone else says, then that's just going to keep changing. And we're going to have to race to keep up with the times. And so 10 years from now, five years from now, two years from now, if you're just trying to be successful or you're just trying to be accepted in the world's eyes, you're going to be really tired and almost very anxious of trying to figure out who you are. And you're not going to have any kind of a firm foundation. Guys, the reality is, like, I, I, I don't want this to just be something that's like, hey, focus on what you're investing in today. This is your entire life. This is your entire life at hand. Like I said, 85% of all major life decisions are made in your 20s and early 30s. 85%. I want that to sink in. Like, I want this to be the reality. And, and I don't want to, like, say this as someone who, like, oh, well, Nick, I'm glad you know everything, and I'm glad you figured it out. Guys, I'm telling you this because I learned this through mistakes. And I learned this through pain, and I learned this through heartache. See, when I got out on my own, and when I was finally independent, and what society would say was a young adult, I decided I was going to do whatever I wanted, and I was going to live for self. So my first semester of college, I spent $6,000 on parties and clothes and food and everything I wanted. That was my entire life savings, $6,000 trying to be successful, trying to be comfortable, trying to be accepted. 
$6,000, everything I had. I have so much regret from that, and it didn't make me happy at all. Not a single dollar that I could spend made me any happier. But I am so grateful that I had a guy ask me this question. It's not even a question, it's a statement. He said, Nick, isn't it so cool that God wants to use us and our relationship with him to change the entire world? I was like, yeah, yeah, man, that's cool. I was like, what? That's not what that's about. Following Jesus is about going to church. Like, everyone knows that, Drew. (laughs) But as I continued to focus on self and invest in self, Drew continued to be my friend. And he continued to hang out with me. And he continued to show me what a life invested in Jesus looked like. And not only that, he introduced me to his friends. And so I met a lot of guys who I thought, man, like, they're cool, they're fun, like, but more than any of that, they're, like, content, they're fulfilled, they have purpose, like, they're actually going somewhere in their life, and they're not just focused on themselves, and I looked at myself, and I looked at my fraternity brothers, and I'm like, we don't know what we're doing, we have no clue, and that brings us to our last investment, or our last point, is that Jesus is your best investment, and I want us to ask ourselves this time, is Jesus your best investment, and I'm going to say, yes, he is. In uh, Matthew 7, Jesus is talking to a big crowd of people. He just got done laying out a bunch of different things that they can do to invest in him. And this is what he says. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So what Jesus is saying is that, hey, you can either invest in my words, and you can build your house on stone. Like, you can, you can hear what I'm teaching. Jesus is saying this. He's like, you can hear my words, and you can build on stone by doing them. Or you can choose to hear them and walk away, and you can do nothing, and you can build on sand. It's either sand and self, or stone and spirit. Sand and self, stone and spirit. Well, we need to ask ourselves the question, like, what's the benefit of following Jesus, right? Like, man, if there's all these negatives of focusing on self, like, we don't want it to just be negative-focused, right? Like, I don't want to just try to get away from something bad. Guys, check this out, right? This is, so this is earlier in the letter that we've been looking at in Galatians, and Paul is saying, hey, this is what will happen in your life if you invest in Jesus, It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, remember, we're we're sowing seeds, we're investing something. Seeds make trees, trees make fruit. My niece taught me that, she's three. (laughs) She says, the fruit of the Spirit, she didn't say this, Jesus says this. Vivi is pretty great, though. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Guys, I'm going to read those things again. I want you to, to focus, close your eyes, do whatever you need to do, and ask yourself if you want more of those things in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. God is saying, guys, if you follow this, like there's no rules against getting more love in your life. There's no rules against having more joy. There's no rules against finding more peace. Would all of us want to be loved and unconditionally accepted? Yes. Like, would all of us want peace? 
to not be like anxious about every single thing that comes up? Absolutely. But all of us want more joy to be able to just have a, not just a smile on our face, but a sense that, man, despite everything going poorly, there is still something good to hold on to. I don't think any of us would say no to that. Right? Like that's, that sounds pretty good. On the flip side, the Bible also says that Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. What we earn is of a life focused on self is death. It's that eternal misery. It's that separation from everything that God wants, from God himself. And it's the separation from that. But it says, but God wants to give you a gift. He wants to give you a gift. And that's eternal life. And guys, to, to illustrate that point more, I want to welcome up my friend Rachel. She's going to share a little bit about what that looked like for her to be able to experience the life and the fruit and the goodness of a life invested in Jesus. So I want you guys to give it up for Rachel. Uh, give her a loud round of applause. Thanks, Nick. Um, I have some notes on my phone. I'm 25, so I don't have a printer at home. And I don't work from home, so I guess I should have printed at school, but... I'm also 25, so I procrastinate still. Um, like Nick said, I'm Rachel, and I just want to share with you guys just um, my story of how I have invested in Christ and just the abundance and the life that I have received from that decision. It is a decision that you have to make. Um, it's someone else can't choose it for you. It's a decision you do have to make. Um, and for me, it took a time of vulnerability and a time of true brokenness to bring me to that decision. Um, I was in this season, I had just graduated from college, I don't know if you guys might be in that season right now, for me, I went to school in Illinois, and I was moving back to Kansas, and I was jobless, I was communityless, and I had just broken up with my boyfriend, um, so I felt really low, and I felt really broken, um, I had realized when I was in this season, that I had spent my last two years in this relationship investing in my boyfriend. Um, instead of investing in things that gave me life, I was investing in him and what he wanted, and I realized that he had become an idol for me in my life. I did have a foundation of Christ. I grew up in the church, and I even had just graduated from a Christian university. Um, but, you know, when I look back and think about that season in college, I was surrounded by great people. I was proclaiming that I was growing and learning and investing in Christ. But when I really look at it, I was just walking through life, doing the steps of the Christian life. Um, and I just wonder if any of us are in that same season. You've grown up in the church. Maybe you um, know Christ but aren't truly making that decision for yourself. Um, so that's where I was. I was a new grad. I was covered in shame. Um, my relationship um, was full of a lot of sin, and so I was feeling the weight of that. And for the first time, I was truly feeling broken, and I needed to do something about it. Um, you know, the biggest thing to me that um, just really upset me about my breakup was that here I was in this relationship that offered so many promises. You know, we were looking at our future. We were seniors, and we were looking at what was ahead of us, and I just we had made all these promises about a life together. And in one conversation, in one um, split second, all those promises were broken. Um, and that was really hard for me to comprehend. I believed that the Bible was true. And like I said, I grew up 
in a Christian home and um, was around this sphere of Christianity. So I did believe um, that the Bible had truth. So um, I decided to open up my Bible and really, truly start searching the scriptures for God's promises. I thought that he had to have truth, and I needed to find that. Um, so I started studying the Bible, and it was like I was reading it for the first time. All of a sudden, God was revealing stories after stories to me of his faithfulness, that he was a God that was loving and true. And um, I saw stories of people that were broken with shame, just like I was feeling. Um, and I found a story of how God fulfilled his promise to us um, by sending his one and only son for me, for a sinner, for a girl that felt shameful and broken. He sent his one son to wash me clean of my sins and truly give me a fullness of life. Um, that was just groundbreaking for me. I had been sitting in church, and I'd heard that for many years, but for some reason, because I was so broken and I had been investing in so many things that were of the world, for the first time, I was truly seeing this truth. So I knew that that was something that I wanted. I wanted a life of redemption. I wanted a life where my burden was light, and I wanted a life where there was fullness of joy, and that's what Jesus can offer us. That day, I decided to truly start abiding in Christ or investing in Christ, like Nick has been saying. Um, I knew I needed to live this out, and I knew I needed to be surrounded by community for that. I started attending Journey Bible Church, where I found an awesome community, and I truly started walking a life um, of just obedience to God. Um, we're young adults. There's a lot of stuff in this world that they're telling us to do and how we're supposed to live. And so we need community around us to be able to lead us to that truth and remind us of that truth. So luckily I found an awesome um, just Bible study and a group of people that were spurring me on for that truth. Um, but again, it was a daily decision. It was something that I had to decide. Um, and I want you guys to know and understand that even though God offers us these promises, um, he offers us things like rest and fullness of life, but he also, you know, is real. He promises that, or he makes it evident to us that we still live in a world of brokenness. So there is still shame. There is still suffering. Even James 1 says that you will see trials of various kinds. Um, just this summer, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And again, I found myself in a place of, um, that I never thought I would be. I was full of anxiety and fear. I wasn't full of that, that shame and that sin, but I was still full of emotion. Um, I knew this time, though, was going to be different. You know, I felt just a lot of emotions, but at the same time, I knew who my God was. That's the difference of investing in Christ, is that he can offer you um, that hope in times of trial, in times of trouble. Um, I knew that he was a God of faithfulness because of his word and what I had been studying. Um, so I knew that he had been faithful before, and he would continue to be faithful to me. Um, again, I knew the truth, but it was still a decision I had to make every day. Um, and this is what abiding in Christ looks like and investing in Christ looks like. Um, so just like Nick has been saying, uh, this time of our life just has a lot of things going on, and it truly does matter what you're investing your time in. We are young adult, adults, so we do have a lot of time, 
And so I just urge you guys to continue to look at your life and really look at what you're investing in. I'm going to invite Nick to come back up and finish the message. But if you guys have any questions about my story or just what this continues to look like, please come find me after the block. I'd love to um, talk about that. Go oh, get up, give it up for Rachel. I loved what Rachel said of how she was focused on the the daily task of investing more and more in her relationship with God. And it's, I mean, it's like what Galatians 6, 9 says, the, the final sentence there. So we must not grow weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not give up. Guys, Rachel just pointed it out. She said that she had to do the work of spending time investing in God. She had to do the work of learning what God said about himself, about her, about how he wanted her to live her life so that she could experience that joy and that life and that love and that peace. Honestly, guys, I mean, it's hard work. Investing is hard work. But I think of Jesse and I think of the hard work that he put into learning to be a good rock climber. That is not something that comes naturally. Like, you have to build up calluses on your hands. You have to build up endurance. It costs a lot of money. I don't know if you've been to REI, but it's not cheap. It's not, guys. He spent a ton of money on good quality equipment. And he spent a lot of time practicing and a lot of hours in the gym. Rachel spent a lot of time learning about God, and she had to retrain her mind. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that life is going to be easy after that too. See, we're actually, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things this year at the block. We're going to be talking, Rachel mentioned relationships a lot. Our next series we're going to be going through is what does God have to say about relationships and how can we invest in a way that's not focused on self, that's focused on God. See, the reality is, this is a spoiler, but God wants you to have a wonderful relationship. He really does. He really wants good things for you. But he doesn't want it at the cost of you experiencing the eternal misery that if it's focused on self. He does not want that for you. We're going to be talking about things like mental health. We're going to be talking about things like what are the practical ways that I can follow Jesus. We're going to be talking about misconceptions of what it means to follow Jesus. We want as the block to help you build your life on what matters. I want you to build yourself on stone. We want this for you. And so all of those like practicals of what that looks like, we can, we can talk about that in the future. But guys, the reality is like Rachel said, this is a decision that everyone has to make. You have to turn and trust in what the Bible says, that you turn away from a life focused on self, and you trust in what Jesus says, and you trust in, in following his word. It's like you're either going to be that house on the sand, or you're going to be the house on the stone. And it says we have to turn from choosing to build our life on sand. Remember, guys, if you walk away from this and you do nothing, you are the person building your house on the sand. And that is what happens when you build a house on sand. Self or spirit. Sand or stone. Those are the two options. It's not easy. Building the house on the right, right, like that's, that's a well-built house. Left. That's a well-built house hard to get materials there. It's not as fun to walk on sand as it is to walk on rock. 
but it's worth it. It's worth it. In summary, you guys, everyone is investing in something. You are investing in something. And remember that if you're investing in success or comfort or acceptance or morality, just trying to be a good person, like that's not enough. You have to ask God and you have to turn from focusing on yourself and ask God to help him to focus on you or help you, him help you focus on him. Because if you get everything you want, you will likely want nothing to get. And your investment matters. The person that you are today is deciding the person you'll be tomorrow. And that will be the person you are a year from now. And I don't want you guys to end up 50 and miserable. I don't want you to end up 40 and with no care about anyone around you or yourself. Because guys, let me tell you, I'm only 27 years old, but I have already talked to so many people that that is the reality. I have talked to too many people that have been through very hard things that it's like, they, they have these regrets, and it's like, I wish that I just would have not focused on myself. I wish I would have known to follow God. Your investment matters. And finally, Jesus is your best investment. Guys, he loves you so much. Like Rachel said, he came, and he lived a perfect life, and he died so that you could have love and joy and peace. And that comes through knowing him. That doesn't come by being a good person. That comes by investing in him. It's like any relationship. You have to invest in it. Any friendship, you have to invest in it. It takes time. It takes work. It's hard. But it's worth it. It is so worth it. In the 10 years that I've been following Jesus, I can tell you, as I've traveled the world, there is not a single thing like it. No lifestyle. No amount of success. No amount of comfort. No amount of acceptance is worth it. Jesus is your best investment. So what's it going to be? Self and sand or stone and spirit? Guys, we're going to enter into a time of reflection. Uh, we're just chat with the people around you. I'm going to put some questions up on the screen. Uh, feel free to be honest. This is a very safe place, right? Like this, this is people who we're all trying to go through this together. So if you're asking yourself, what am I investing in? I would just encourage you to be brave and be honest and have those conversations with people. If you feel like you need to change, if you feel like you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, tell someone who invited you. Honestly, that's the best thing you can do. And then like Scott said, we're actually gonna have some people come up and lead us through some songs. And guys, if that's new to you or that's kind of a little bit uncomfortable, I want you guys to know like, hey, we don't expect that you sing. We don't expect that you stand up or that you know all the words. Like when I go to a Chiefs game, I get really excited and I get really loud. When I watch the Chiefs game at my best friend coach's house, I get really loud and I get really excited, right? And like when we sing about things that Jesus has done, we kind of get loud and we kind of get excited because that's just what humans do. Like, that's just what we do. But, hey, if, if, you're, if that's not you, if you're trying to decide what you're investing in, feel free to sit there and listen, read the words. They're going to be awesome. No pressure to sing. Maybe you're not a great singer. No pressure to sing, definitely, then. But, guys, just let it be a time of reflection. So these are the questions. I'm going to pray first real quick, uh, and then feel free to talk with the people around you. God, I am uh, just so grateful for you. Um, God, thank you for the way that you've changed my life and the, the fact that you helped me to see what I was investing in. God was not bringing me life. And God, just thank you for the fact that you want every single one of us here to know you. And God, the fact that, that that's eternal life, that we can know you and know your son. Um, God, I pray that we would have the, the boldness to be able to make the decision to invest in you. God, help us to see that it's going to be hard work, but it's worth it. 
Um, God, help every single one of us to continue to do that daily and be in a community where we can. Um, God, I just, I'm so grateful for you. Uh, and I, I know that you just love everyone here so much and you want good things and it's hard and the storm is coming, God, but I just, I'm so grateful for you. So we pray all these things for your son's name. Amen. Thanks, y'all.